What's up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another edition of the Fanboys Anonymous podcast that we've got going on here and a first edition of the Mount Rushmore that we're doing over here on at least the blue brand. We've done plenty of these over on Smartout Moment, and we're going to finally take it over to the fanboys side of things and talk about the top four things in whatever category it is that we're talking about in geek culture for this edition. We'll get into it in a little bit. I am Tony Mango. You should know me by now. You should also know Robert E. Felice. Wayne. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and a special little treat there. We've got Caroline Oliveira, my beautiful fiance. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting the beautiful fiance thing, and I was trying to think of something funny to say, but that just caught me off guard. So, <laughs> Holy shit, Callum got adorable. When did Callum get so <laughs> <laughs> he not turned adorable. He turned into a cowboy, <laughs> then he's turning into a <laughs> Wait, so you marrying Callum? What's up with that? That's uh, that's the surprise. Oh. <laughs> so this episode is sponsored as part of the Patreon from Guest 5. Thank you, Guest 5, for all of your continued support, and thank you for sponsoring this episode, and thank you for picking an awesome topic for us to do here, because we've been wanting to do this for a long time. And we're finally doing it because now we finally have like the dedicated block of time to be able to do it. And I figured out the graphics and everything else that I needed to figure out on my end. And what we're doing, if you can't tell by the thumbnail and the picture on the screen and the title and the description and all the other kind of ways that you should have already figured this out by now. We're doing the Mount Rushmore of Batman villains or the Batman's rogues gallery or arch enemies or you know, bad dudes, whatever you want to call it. And we're going to do the same kind of a breakdown as what we usually do here for the Mount Rushmore on the Smart Cut Moment stuff, where we're going to just toss out a whole bunch of ideas. And the idea being we need four, uh, only four. You got to pick four. You can't pick more than four to represent the overall best representation of like the pillars of the particular topic. And of course, this one being Batman villains. So we're not going to obviously have, I don't know, Barbara Gordon in this because she's one of the allies. But maybe we'll do Mount Rushmore Fat Man allies in the future or something. So we have lots and lots and lots of different options that we can go through here. And realistically, about a good like 15 that could be in the Mount Rushmore and then plenty of other ones where it's like, I don't think that anybody's going to make a case for you know, the uh, the fourth version of anarchy or something. But we invite you to do the same thing that we're doing here in the comments section below and tell us your thoughts on our breakdown and who you would pick for the Mount Rushmore and all the other kind of things that you would want to chime in about. So the best way to do that is to head on over to the YouTube channel if you're not listening to this on YouTube, at least. And if you are, then awesome. That's the best way. Hit the like button while you're over there. Hit the share button if you want to pass this along to anybody who you think would be interested in giving their opinions or listening to this. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that already. Ring that little notification bell as well. And if you want to make sure that you have more content coming your way from Fanboys Anonymous, hit the join button or the equivalent of that is the Patreon that I just mentioned a minute ago or so from uh, the reason why we're doing this. So patreon.com slash Fanboys Anonymous. We got the pick your poison tier where you can request whatever you want us to do. And as long as it's reasonable, then we'll do it. And there's also the bonus features and even just a buck goes a long way in really helping not only the morale of everything, but also just helping the channel grow. So show your support and let us know that you're, uh, that you're loving what we were putting out there. 
We'll talk more plugs later on. That's the, that's the highlight of this whole thing, right? It's the plugs. That's what people click on here for. I'm totally sure that's why they come here. Yeah, eventually we'll do a Mount Rushmore of plugs. And <laughs> be like a drain plug. And, just, <laughs> and we take that in a weird direction already. <laughs> so, the Batmans. Or the goddamn Batman. Or B. Wayne. Whatever you want to call him. He's got a lot of great villains, and one of them that obviously needs to go in the Mount Rushmore is uh, KG Beast. No. <laughs> I was going to go with Condiment King. <laughs> I think I, I, we need to hold off on the discussion of the one that's guaranteed, because... Yeah, we can't start with a Joker discussion. I just, you can't yeah, do that. Because, I mean, come on. So... We obviously are not going to run down all of his villains because even going through my Batman blueprint and trying to have 100 stories, I don't have all enough room for all of them. And even some of those stories have like 15 villains in them. So obviously we can skip through the Batman Revenge Squad and the East Side Dragons and uh, apparently one villain is called ugly american which god knows <laughs> how many of them there could be john kennedy Payne was brainwashed by the u.s government to be an assassin with extreme patriotic emotions something went wrong however and he developed a hatred for non-whites and foreigners of all shapes and sizes including dogs like poodles so i think that deserves a deep dive of itself yeah, yeah. i'm gonna have to look into that yeah apparently Jesus. the characters were created in 1992 too so this okay. isn't even like some wacky 60s thing. They really named him John Kennedy? John Kennedy Payne. Oh, God. Okay. His rage comes to an end when he was taken out by agents of the same government that created him as Batman subdued him. <laughs> was he born on the, the day of the Kennedy assassination? Maybe. <laughs> he matters so little that there's not even a Wikipedia entry for him, so... Yeah, screw him. Screw Tiger Shark. Uh, we're not going to get into King Tut and Gearhead and False Face and On Danny the, the Dummy. Side, though, I mean, he's not a real Batman villain, but can we make a case for King Shark? <laughs> well, sweetie, what do you think? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I, has this been brought up on any of the podcasts before? I don't, no, I don't know I, for I, sure. <laughs> okay, so, uh, well, I'll explain that. So, Tony has this delusion that I'm not cool, and because I am cool, I am cool. And whenever we're watching the Harley Quinn show, he just keeps harping on the fact that I am King Shark. You totally I are. Am not, I am not King Shark. I am not King Shark. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm Poison <laughs> Ivy. I'm cool. I'm mysterious. I'm evil. I'm a badass. Poison Ivy is not evil. I was just going to say, she's not really evil, but I am, as a person, evil. Sure you are. I am very intimidating. (laughs) I am! I am. There's absolutely nothing about me that's King Shark related. Leave a comment below if you're very um, scared about Caroline right now. (laughs) Yeah, I scared Rob last night. I can scare people. Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> See, I can scare people, okay? And and I am intimidating. And when I'm a when I'm being assertive, I'm being assertive. So 
I rest my case. I'm not King Shark. <laughs> so yeah. the, the thing is, she kind of got in my head. That's how she scared me, and I think that's a good way for Scarecrow. Oh, okay. I, yeah, okay, so I'm Scarecrow now. <laughs> <laughs> Scarecrow is definitely one of the big guns. He is yeah. a great character. He can be kind of a crappy character if they write him weird, where they pretty much make him a total loser who, if he doesn't uh, catch you with his gas, that's it. I mean, he's not the you know, the best fighter out of the mix or anything, nor does he have to be. But Jonathan Crane is one of those, like, fundamental... I'd argue that there's, like, four aspects. I don't even know if maybe this would be, like, the the pillars that I would kind of go for for this, but that there's kind of four ways that I would judge a Batman villain. They're either in the mob, they're a complete psychopath with like some kind of a gimmick. They're an ethical or a philosophical drama or, or dilemma not drama, or there's somebody who represents fear and Scarecrow's definitely on the fear side of things with a little bit of the psycho gimmick thing. Cause obviously the dude dresses up like a scarecrow, but if you want to get into the aspect of Batman being like a frightening character and, scaring people and looking into the mirror and seeing a reflection of himself scarecrow is one of the best ways to do that because he's all about fear i think scarecrow is legitimately the one villain that i would be terrified Mm -hmm. to cross because he what his toxin does puts you through hell and he doesn't even have to actually do much of anything to you very true. He, I think, arguably, and I'm sure that, you know, if you break down every villain, you can make an argument that any villain could have a horror movie written about them. But I think Scarecrow is easily a villain that could enter, like, the horror uh, universe without, uh, like, not much work. And to go back to to the point uh, that Tony brought up about, like, oh, you know, if you write him weird, he's kind of crappy. But that could also be the case of any character. Like, yeah. let's be honest. You can make the Joker pretty lame. Um, Suicide which... Squad. Right, I don't know. I mean, that's a character okay. that uh, he always has boners. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> but... You know, everything about the way he's normally depicted, um, especially with uh, the Arkham games, um, his whole sequence was definitely, like, the creepiest. And I think any villain that can just go into someone's mind without using the muscle side of things, like, that to me is the scariest. I think he's somebody who definitely is in the running to be in there. Mm. And uh, I'd I'd put a pin in him as a potential option. He's definitely in the discussion for later on. I'm going to toss out some names that we're definitely not going to end up picking. (laughs) Just because I think that they're worth bringing up about how, you know, the Batman uh, rogues gallery is fun. Uh, we're not picking Condiment King. 
Hey, you know what though? Condiments uh... suck. They legit like ketchup sucks. Yes, it does. You know, no, it, it, it's awful. It's two to one, sweetie. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you guys? First of all, you're Americans. You're just like love ketchup. I don't know what's wrong with that, but like Brazilians are really big on ketchup too. But condiments are great. You know, you can you can grab like a crappy like meal, put lots of ketchup on it, and it's delicious or at least edible. Yeah. Well, not when he gives it to you, because he gives it to you, you get suffer anaphylactic shock. I'll die happy. He's not going on the list. Neither is ketchup, although ketchup is definitely a villain. And um, so is mustard. Crazy Quilt, not going on the list. Sorry, Crazy uh, crazy Quilt. Uh, Ragdoll. Actually not as bad of a character as some of the other ones, but no. I don't think anybody's making a case for the Electrocutioner, but that's a hell of a name. That alone is just like one of the better names. And uh, he had a horrible fight in one of the Batman games. I forget which one it was. It was like Arkham Origins, maybe, where you punch him like once and he's done. I think it was Origins because I don't remember seeing him after that or before that. Yeah, I don't remember either. I can't tell you much about Simon Hurt. And I don't think anybody would pick Simon Hurt as a top four. I mean, I got a list of of like the good ones and then a list of ones like Maxi Zeus. <laughs> You know, so nobody's going to be like, but Maxi Zeus had this great thing where whatever, and he's, you know, no, Maxi Zeus sucks. He's good for. Leave us a comment if you disagree and you think Max Zeus is the bomb. If you do, I'd love to hear the argument of yeah, like. I want to know what you're doing with your time in the Batman universe. Right. If it's like, <laughs> damn it, why do they keep joking, uh, talking about this Joker guy? And what's up with all these episodes about Catwoman? I want to see Maxi Zeus again. Like, you know. <laughs> Maxi Zeus is a great character for one episode of a TV show where it's just crazy dude thinks he's a Greek god or something. Okay, smashy, smashy, punch, 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 he's done. In that same vein, Roxy Rocket. Yeah. Good one-off episode, but no. Similar name, Jezebel Jet. (laughs) (laughs) I will make a case for Penny Plunderer. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) but i will talk about a character that's great but he's certainly not somebody who's on this list is kite man just because of the harley quinn tv show he's just a great character period kite man is fantastic (laughs) i want more kite man for sure now if i'm anybody on that show it's probably kite man (laughs) there you go there's your uh ivy and kite man oh so it can be ivy again you're still king shark I'm not <laughs> There are some cool things when it comes to Holiday and Calendar Man for like a one-shot story, and I would love to see that adapted in some fashion, but not a Mount Rushmore. Clock King, I think, is great, just because I would probably be a villain based off of time. But... Clock King from the animated series, for sure. Like the uh, Temple Fugit version yeah. where he's got the uh the monocle and actually no he's wearing glasses not a monocle right yeah no well, i'm sure he's wearing glasses um you give me that clock king again i would love to see that in some fashion but he's kind of a, a little bit of a knockoff riddler so 
and we'll talk Riddler later on, but uh, that Clock King is great. But when you get to the Clock King from the comics that wears like a spandex outfit with a bunch of clocks on it and a big clock face, then that's just dumb. I I totally misheard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that would be a different character. <laughs> But again, another Riddler knockoff is Clue Master. And if you're going to go for a Clue Master, you're going to go for a Riddler. And I think that Riddler, maybe we'll talk about him right now. Riddler is one of my, if he's not in the, the top four, he's like the first in number five. Right. Riddler is definitely top notch. And he should at least make the cut and if not be right there on the chopping block where he just misses it i agree riddler is the type of character that can of course be done poorly and when they get into the whole idea like jim carrey and the 60s tv show where they've got him like cackling like the riddler i mean cackling like the joker and wearing the the spandex outfit and everything i'm not is fantastic in its own way i was obsessed with it when i was young okay like jim carrey in that role to me was like everything i used to think he was so sexy when he was a scientist too (laughs) really i don't know how to feel about this i'm not surprised okay i saw the light afterwards now like (laughs) sexy is danny devito as penguin but Back then, <laughs> I had a thing from Jim for Jim Carrey since The Mask because, like, I always had a thing for funny dudes, and he had like he had the pale skin going on with the dark hair. Obviously, that's what I like. Um, but when he was like the weird scientist with like the messy like red hair and like being like a loser, oh, I was all about that. <laughs> I was all about that. <laughs> My face is burning right now, and I admit that. But I used to love that movie so much. I just watched it a few months ago. It holds up. It does. It's the first movie I was ever in theaters for. That's the first film I ever went to see. That definitely holds up, and that's a great Riddler. I think the first movie I ever saw in theaters was All Dogs Go to Heaven. Hmm. I don't know for sure. That's a hell of an experience for the first movie, to see Batman Forever. Holy rest of metal. About, you, just saw, you said that you your first movie at the theater was watching uh that like so traumatic, depressing movie. I don't remember much about it though. Oh god, like that that's like traumatizing. It is pretty traumatizing, actually. <laughs> yeah. I remember more about Homeward Bound than I do about uh All Dogs Go to Heaven. God. That movie broke me. But I'm Riddler so when Riddler's done well, and I'm hoping that this is going to be the case for the Robert Pattinson movie, Riddler is so good because you can get into so many aspects of his character that are different than some of the other ones, but also the same because he's got that. He's a psychopath in his own way, but when you write him really, really well, he kind of isn't. And also, you can take the character in an even further direction with that, where he completely is. And he's the same character, but he's different. Like, I like... I like two uh, versions of the Riddler. And I always go back and forth between which one I like better. One of them is the version that 
and I don't know, I can't swear to the comics and stuff because I don't read the comics as much. I tend to uh, read like Wikipedia articles more than I actually read the comics. But there's one of them where Riddler turns himself in to the police. And they're wondering why. And he said, I really tried not to leave a clue this time. And I couldn't do it. I just had to leave a clue. And when I realized that, then I realized I might actually be sick in the head. And I think that that's so good. Because it's like, oh my God, he's got like character growth. Instead of just being, I don't know, like... um rat catcher is going to be the rat catcher too is going to be in the new suicide squad but it's like okay dude controls rats whatever <laughs> like that's that's cool to have like whether it's edward nashton or edward nigma or whatever you want to call him for him to say oh i might actually need to see a therapist and i might need to have some kind of medication or some kind of trauma treatment or whatever i love that but I also, at the same time, love the character version that says, I need to beat Batman no matter what, at any cost, and then stops because he starts working for the police. And they've done that before, where he's been like an ally. And he's just sort of like, yeah, I am really smart. And that's awesome. And as long as you're acknowledging it, I'll be a good guy too, but I just want everybody to know that I'm fucking smart. <laughs> and it's like, so, so basically you really appreciate when, oh, sorry, ambulances, if you guys can hear it. I'm in New York City, so just bear with it. Um, it's Gotham. So basically you, <laughs> I am in Gotham. Uh, you like that Riddler when he is extra egocentric and somehow <laughs> he becomes like a nicer guy. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I don't know if this means anything about me, but I do tend to root for the assholes and everything. So. You do, yeah. They're understanding more and more about that as we're going through the Bond franchise with the Review to a Kill podcast. But the, the Riddler, I think, when he does more of just the pure crazy stuff, is still great. And you can get him setting traps, and you can get him... Uh, being obsessed about Batman's identity or in stories like the Hush story where he's like, yeah, I know your identity. Like, I'm the Riddler. I'm smart. I'm great. And I like the Riddler character better when he's wearing like a suit, like a green suit rather than the spandex outfit with the um, question marks all over it. Give me basically businessman Riddler instead of that dude that tries to sell was it like a cashback or sells the gold thing or something? You know like which guy I'm talking about? His infomercials. Oh, I was like, wait, I don't remember any of that from any of the bad. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is the? Oh, was it the like the nut chop? What is the the chop master? Was that the one? He kind of had like a riddler like the slap chop guy is not the one I'm talking chop. about now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Although he's, he's been in prison, I think, so... Yeah, he's been in prison. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, the Slapjap guy, not going to be on the Batman villain list. <laughs> he could be. More so than some of the other ones, at the very least. Like, I don't remember anything really bad happening with, like... Um, well, actually, maybe somebody... something Did did anything happen bad with uh, the OxyClean guy? <laughs> Didn't he die? 
Oh yeah, but I mean, like he wasn't like a villain in any way, was he? Yeah, they found uh, a substance in his body when he died. I don't uh, oxycling. I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think flex seal. I think rule number one is don't use your own source, but you never know. <laughs> so we ran into a little bit of an audio issue, but um, we're, we've sorted that out. And while we were trying to figure that audio out, Caroline had a, a question in mind mm-hmm. about Riddler. What was that? Yeah. Um, so, like, based on what we were talking about, how the Riddler could arguably be the most intelligent villain um, if not in the whole Batman universe, but potentially the most intelligent intelligent one that we're talking about um, today. Do you guys feel like because of that, just based on that alone, he's he hasn't really been used to his full potential? I mean, if he's that smart and if he's able to create all these traps, couldn't he have just beaten Batman like for sure a hundred percent already? Batman is just smarter. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the first snafu is nobody's going to be smarter than the Bat. But he's the I Batman. Think Riddler <laughs> could be used in a more serious tone. Actually, I thought season one of Gotham handled him really well. And that show didn't do a lot of things right, but I did like the way they handled uh, Edward. It did like maybe three things right out of the entire history of the series. <laughs> Casting for Penguin was great. I love him. Uh, casting for actually the casting for some of the characters was pretty pretty good, but then again, we're talking about a show that was like, let's have every villain pop up and be thirty years older than Batman, and you know, so that way when he becomes Batman, they can all be like decrepit old people or something. <laughs> like, you know, let's have a, a Mister Freeze that's probably ninety by the time he becomes actually Batman or whatever, but. Yeah, I liked uh, Riddler in that show. Uh, I'd argue Riddler in that show is better than the Jim Carrey one. I don't know how sexy you would find him, though, sweetie. <laughs> it wasn't bad looking, but mm, I don't know. Not approved. The Penguin in the show. Ugh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> on a list of characters on that show that I would think would be under the, the hot list, I don't think that I'd be ranking those two higher than Barbara... Or, God, I forget the character's name, the one Jessica Lucas plays. Or even, like, Fish Mooney. Fish Mooney was pretty good looking. I I know that Caroline would say the Penguin from that show, though. That's (laughs) all Caroline. Oh, yeah, right? He is. Like, I love him as an actor. He's really good in horror movies. So when I I found out that he got cast as Fame, I was like, oh, it's perfect. Because he he has played, like, psychopaths before. And when I saw him with, because he's a natural blonde, when I saw him with the black hair, with those clothes, like, okay, he could get it. Yes. <laughs> so I have a future uh, pick your poison idea. Just have Caroline rank different iterations <laughs> of villains on their hotness. <laughs> I am all for it. <laughs> Women and men. So, you know. Don't worry about if you're not into just hearing somebody blab about guys. I can talk about women too. Fish money could get it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the uh my list of the characters that 
are just like funny, like the terrible trio and um the Royal Flush Gang is like they're cool, but like they're not gonna be on the list. They were used very well in uh, Batman Beyond. Yeah, they're Royal so Flush much better Gang. in that version. And Ace. Ah, I love Ace. Ace is such a great character. Both aces. The uh yeah. the girl ace and um and the pet. <laughs> but the the one that I have on my list, I don't even know why I necessarily put this one on this list. It shouldn't be. That's actually like, I'm not going to make a case for this character to be in the Mount Rushmore, but I think that this character is pretty cool. It's Professor Pig. You know, he that was going to be one of the characters I was like, who the hell would pick this guy? Uh, really? He's messed up. Well, and he's one of the only characters that they've created over the past, I don't know, 20 years or whatever that I think actually could be used in some more things and could actually freak people out. Because anybody who's not familiar with Professor Pig, he is this dude who wears a pig mask. And he usually is like, I mean, when they show like his, you know, everybody's got like their lair and, you know, whatever. Joker usually is working with like a carnival circus type of atmosphere or a toy shop or something. This guy tends to be in like butcher shops and like meat packing plants and whatever, because what he does is he's like a surgeon who butchers people and brainwashes them. And he makes them into these like, I think that they're called Dolatrons. And he's kind of just like a, a real serial killer psycho kind of guy that they just happen to put a pig mask on instead of being over the top and, you know, like a killer croc type where it's like, all right, I don't believe in any of that, but this could be a real thing. Like some dude could just put on a pig mask and just butcher people. And that's messed up. That is pretty fucking messed up. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it was kind of inspired by Ed Gein. Um, Ed Gein, real life serial killer. He wanted to be a woman. So he started, um, getting bodies from uh, the cemetery women uh, from the cemetery and then creating a skin suit for himself. And he ended up killing someone um, to, you know, complete his skin suit. And one of his things was that he had like a skin mask. And that kind of like also makes me think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So yeah, Professor Pig is really cool. I'm trying to find out if there's anything on Ed Gein on the, the page about this. Grant Morrison made the character in 2007 I'm not seeing anything about mm-hmm. Ed Gein specifically, but I'm sure that he probably had like some kind of influence on that. I it's wild like, to yeah. me that a human being was just like, I want to be a woman, so I'm just going to start slaughtering people and wearing their skin. <laughs> yeah. well, well, he, he really only officially, uh, officially, because there's some gossip about that he could potentially have killed his mom and his brother, but he officially only killed this woman was like uh, the the bar lady in town and she was kind of like sassy and like she didn't give a shit and you know she'll have one night stands with people and he killed her and he also had like i think that at one point like he got his mom's body removed her vulva spray painted that with either silver or gold paint and place it in a box next to his bed I, uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it seemed like and gentlemen that's how i seduce tony <laughs> no. so like those are the type of characters that when you get into like the comics you can get into some of that but no reasonable tv series that's marketed towards kids is ever going to get into that side of things it's one thing if the joker is like you know killing a lot of people shooting a lot of people whatever it might be if you start getting deeper into that, then they're kind of like, yeah, uh, this isn't going to be the PG-13 market for yeah. these uh, yeah. these kids, especially with the way that they went nuts over Batman Returns. But, yeah. but uh, Professor Pig is supposed to be like, it's schizophrenic, right? That's like his whole thing. That he had like some sort of breakdown, and that's what made him become the psychopath. So, you know, he already has like a very dark... Uh, background to him and and even if you don't know anything about the background like you guys said like he's wearing like a pig mask like <laughs> that alone is very purge-esque and creepy i like him just because it could be a real villain yeah and i think he should get points for that but that also brings up another question is to some people like what is batman and if you ask somebody who grew up with the 60s TV show, they're going to say, well, the best four or the you know Mount Rushmore four are going to be Joker, Penguin, Riddler, and Catwoman. And that's almost just going to be because they're goofy characters on that. And if somebody really likes Batman Brave and the Bold, then they're going to like a character more like a, I don't know, Killer Moth than they are going to like Black Mask. Because they're going to say, well, that's too dark and that's too scary. But then other people are like, don't give me Magpie. Magpie is terrible. I want Victor Zaz, who cuts people up and then cuts his own body. I and I, I, it's kind of like, do you go with like, there's at least got to be one representation of the wacky Batman character on the Mount Rushmore? Or do you go with the four that you just tend to think is overall? Or do you go with... I mean, even characters that are really serious, they have funny versions of them. And then there's funny versions of characters that are even funnier in other, you know, kind of ways. The Dark Knight Returns is a much different story than, I don't know, Laughing Fish. So I like my Batman right in the middle. I think I've said a million times on every show. Batman the Animated Series is the best blend of both worlds. I love Batman 66. And there is something to be said for that Riddler and that Joker. But if I was to base everything based off of just that show, I'm not sure a name like Mr. Freeze would ever be a top villain. Because in that show, he's ridiculous. I like when they can just sort of walk the line. And to me, the more serious, even the more like realistic villains are the better ones. I like Batman as dark as possible, <laughs> um, as creepy as possible, but I am not using that to like help me make my decisions. I, I guess... This is, like, a horrible, like, analogy, but it's the only one that I can think of. You know, Batman is, in a way, kind of like Mickey Mouse, whereas, like, (laughs) 
we don't have just like one generation that grew up with Batman. We have several generations and not only that, but within that those generations, people have their very specific like favorite versions of Batman and the villains. Um so it could be really complicated to just like you know, it, and it's something that it's 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 hard when you're giving your opinion because at the end of the day, it's your opinion and it's based on what you like and what you dislike. But I think that one thing we need to keep in mind is like since we're dealing with this character and characters are so iconic, we should also focus on like okay, what are the villains that like throughout the years have like when you think of Batman, no matter like what age group you belong to, what's your background, like, what are some of the villains that come to mind? And is it because those villains, like, got you, like, excited to, like, read a comic book or excited to go to the movie theater and see, like, how the that Joker was going to play out? Or is it, like, a villain that you had a really fun time beating in one of the video games or a villain that made you laugh? I think that there are a few that would come to mind regardless of how you answer those questions. And it's tough because a lot of characters and a lot of reincarnation of them, but reincarnations of them. But I think if we keep like the longevity of the characters and their ability to get reinvented successfully, I think that that could help a lot. Yeah. I think that that needs to factor into who is in a top 10 villain list versus who is in the Mount Rushmore as far as like Deadshot's a great character. I love Deadshot, but I like Deadshot better as a member of the suicide squad than a Batman villain. So I wouldn't put Deadshot in a Mount Rushmore of Batman villains and Deathstroke. Same thing. He's like a teen Titans villain to me. Um, I'm also just stuck on thinking of Batman's like uh, Mickey Mouse now. I'm just thinking of being like, ha ha, I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, kind of like. <laughs> oh, but like, then he kind of makes sense where I was coming from, though. It's like because, like, if you talk to somebody from, like, I don't know, the, the 50s or yeah. whatever, like, Mickey had a certain look to him and he barely, like, he didn't speak anything and he was sillier. And now, like, if you talk to somebody that played that video game with all, like, the different characters, I forget the name. Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts. Hearts. Exactly. Yeah, so like, like he's kind of like almost like a little action hero, like leader of the group or whatever. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like that. Not yeah. like, you know. I know, it's just it popped in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I'll make the argument that... Though. Like, there's a generation of people who legitimately looked at the Joker and could only see why so serious. Yeah. True. And there's a whole generation of people that what do you mean the Joker doesn't have a painted on mustache? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll make the case Oswald the Rabbit's better than Mickey Mouse too. There's Cuter. no way you can make that case. Cute <laughs> little character. He looks like he's more badass too. He'll take him in a fight. <laughs> so I'm gonna rapid fire some names. Stop me if you think that they're worth a discussion because I don't think that they are in the the Mount Rushmore. But I think that yeah, it's worth just mentioning their names. Um, the mutants from the Dark Knight Returns. The no, but great story. The phantasm or any of the variations of it, like the Reaper. Um, uh, again, no, but great movie. Deacon Blackfire. 
the sewer king uh great white shark copperhead the calculator <laughs> Catman. that one what you're talking about <laughs> the calculator no okay <laughs> uh phosphorus rex flamingo <laughs> you know like there's a uh, shrike bronze tiger um Duella Dent, no. Uh, Brother Eye, no. It's more of like a Justice League type of a thing. Anarchy, mentioned him earlier a little bit. Uh, Anarchy's like a fun enough character. Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday. Not a Batman villain in the Mount Rushmore in my mind. And I don't like Solomon Grundy. He's just, you know, I am... Uh, he's Andre towards the end, you know what I mean? Like, he's just <laughs> very lumbering and eh. I like his design on the games, though. Was it um, Arkham City? Yeah. It looks cool. Grundy's a character to me that I don't see why he's in a Batman story. And I really don't understand even more so why he was originally a Green Lantern villain. Because that makes no sense to me. But I I really like Grundy if you do Justice League Dark. And you have like Dead Man and Zatanna and whatever. Because then you start getting into the magic type stuff. And then that makes more sense to me. But they usually just put Grundy with Batman. And I don't know. Batman shouldn't fight Frankenstein's monster. Um, Victor Zaz, a character that's like, he's really cool for a one shot, but. I like Victor Zaz. Victor Zaz, he's got to go with like Professor Pig in. Mm -hmm. Wow, what a fucking realistic sight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think he needs to be on uh, our final list of our final four, but. He, like, just exactly what Rob just said. Like, yeah, like, there are serial killers that did stuff like that, you know? So, like, yeah, like, he freaks me out. Like, I, I tell Tony every single time we play Arkham City that I avoid Victor Zaz's uh, side quest like the plague. It freaks me out. It makes <laughs> me so anxious. I don't want it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to hear his voice. It freaks me out. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. If yeah, we he's... were doing a Mount Rushmore of terrifying villains, he might be yeah, up true. top. He's the type of character that I really like when they can get into just like oh, kind of a story where yeah, yeah, Batman has to stop him from killing somebody, and that's the end of it. But you can't make him the lead villain in a movie. If the whole movie is just, well, this guy stabs people, Batman just catches him. Yeah, you know, not, not with Batman, but like again, like yeah. if, if you were doing some sort of serial killer, you know, like you could you could potentially do like a seven esque movie with Victor's ass. That I think he could be the star of a season of a series, but not for like a full movie, not for you know mainline villain. I could see it maybe being like a three episode arc. Of something where it's like, well, these people are being cut up and we need to find out who's killing them. And then, no, it's this guy kind of a thing. Um, or, you know what? They can make like a the movie The Joker. Like they could do yeah. a Victor Zaz movie and have it Again, be about the guy who does probably. that. Or not Suicide Squad, but whatever. The Fantastic Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah, not that version. <laughs> <laughs> nothing uh, nothing of that version of any of those characters should ever exist <laughs> so <laughs> when, you, when you get into Harley Quinn cares more about a sandwich than she does about anything else and you get into hey this is a, this is a bad girl but she's actually not at all bad girl and you know, god that movie sucked um, yeah. so did Last Jedi for that matter 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ventriloquist is a cool character, but not a Mount Rushmore character. He's just an interesting, you know, oh, this guy's nuts. He thinks that the the little mobster puppet's talking, you know? Yeah. yeah. Scarface is a better villain than Ventriloquist because he's actually the bad guy. <laughs> um, Firefly, no. <laughs> just cool for, like, Batman fighting somebody. And that's something to take into account, too, like the physical villains. Clayface, no. I really like... He's a great henchman. Yeah, I like Clayface in theory, but there's like 10 versions of Clayface, and none of them ever really get past one story. It's basically just, it's Basil Carlo, and he's an actor who now he can turn into this like mud monster. Once Batman takes him out, that's it. You know, the most interesting thing that's ever been done with Clayface is that one Justice League episode where he pretends to be the Flash and Batman just shoots his uh, grappling hook directly into his stomach. And he's like, you ever played your card, dude, or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, but he's uh, I also say that one of the best things that has ever like had Clayface in is uh, the Lego Batman <laughs> video game. He's really cute in it. And he's like so silly and like stupid. I love it. <laughs> yeah, if they can like play into the more fun things of that, Clayface is great. I'll say Clayface in the Harley Quinn show, fucking trip. Like I love that character where he's just so incensed on no, I have to get into the role. And yeah. I have to... He's a great yeah. <laughs> He's an actor kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a fantastic character. That show's so good. Like I never so expected good. it to be as good as it is. But yeah, I mean, even then, he's a funny, heroic character in that, and that's like the most interesting version that they've had for a long time. But the animated series too. I mean, for being a little kid show, like that whole idea of him melting in the rain and mm-hmm. all that. Great There's music. There's a really good one. It's uh, Tim Drake's already. Oh, uh, yeah. But with the, with the girl and how the girl is just an extension of Clayface, God, that tugs at the heartstrings. Yeah, that's a great episode. That show, uh, they need to bring it back. Yeah. I'm going to mention a, a big name, though. We haven't talked about a big name in a while. And I think it's this one's like, ooh, because it, I don't know, but Penguin. Penguin's got Penguin's iconic. He is great for both the 60s wacky, you know, kind of character. Uh, Purchase Meredith was great in that kind of a part. But then you've got like the Danny DeVito part was great for being this weird macabre sort of thing. And then you've got the version from the TV show, which is more of the gangster type. And that's my favorite Penguin is the gangster. I like the version that runs the Iceberg Lounge, and he's kind of a reflection of, like, the the Bruce character more than anything else, because plenty of people are like, well, Scarecrow is kind of like, well, you're intimidating people as Batman. This is what would happen if you intimidated people and you were a bad guy. And Riddler is like, well, that's the opposite of the detective part. And the Penguin is more like, well, what if Bruce was an awful mobster? instead 
I like I think it was the Telltale games that had it where the Cobblepots and the Wayne family were actually very close and he hates him because you know the one family just sort of outranked the other. I do think Penguin is a good reflection of Bruce. I I almost want to say he's a given for the Mount Rushmore, but I also know that there are others I would fight much harder for. I mean, there's a good, like, eight characters that... We only know that there's one guaranteed. <laughs> that it's right. really who's going to win the other yeah. three. Mm-hmm. You know? Because we already have that, si- uh, that set aside for Calculator. And... <laughs> but like penguin he's in my top list he definitely is i mean he's been in every iteration of batman hasn't he pretty much yeah he's i again like i i think that even if i ask my mom who's you know batman's like not her thing if i ask her to name a few of the batman villains penguin will be one of them like he because he has like different sides to him where you know you can go creepy with him, you can go like the mob boss image, um, you can be the funny like random like penguin guy like he's easily adaptable in a way that he I feel like he's always going to remain fresh and you know even the fact that like his name is like he's known as penguin like. He had everything to just be a forgettable character, like the calculator, or like, you know. Like, we went through some of the characters in the beginning that had a cool name, but didn't have a lasting presence. And the penguins, like, it's a simple name, it's an animal that it's actually really cute, but he just keeps popping up because he's a really good character and he's a character that you can play around with a lot. And again, like Danny DeVito as Penguin is amazing when he's like vomiting the black stuff. That's great. Has but... there, which is not something you'll hear over on Smackdown Moment. <laughs> <laughs> but well, there goes my plans for the next episode. <laughs> has there ever been a better casting than Danny DeVito as the Penguin? Yeah, like so good. And that makeup was like to this day. You know, people that go to makeup school talk about that makeup because it was done so well. And, I mean, it's Danny DeVito. Like, he he can make any character work, like, no matter what you give him, so. DeVito is great. Yeah. I was just having a discussion the other day, or yesterday, my, I don't know, my days blur together, about uh, this whole thing that's happening with DMX right now, that, like, he seems like he's kind of on his way out. And we're, uh, it was a Wago and Peyton and I, we were talking about the idea of like when some celebrities pass away, it's like, oh man, it's really like, it hits you hard, like a Robin Williams type. And then some other ones, it's like, oh, I never even heard about that person or whatever. But we were just talking about the idea of celebrities that like when, what's going to be like a, a celebrity where you would go, no, not that one. And we ran a list of names and one of the ones where I was like, oh guys, I mean, come on, Danny DeVito. Because it's just like, yeah. oh, God, yeah, Danny yeah. DeVito. Like, we don't ever want to hear about that because Danny DeVito's amazing. He seems like a great guy. And, you know, uh, God, just, even him and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is so great. Just, whoops, I dropped my Magnum condom for my monster dong. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> oh, he's awesome. One of the like things like I I keep hoping happens and I've been in New York for eleven years now. I still want to see Danny DeVito walking around in the village because I've seen so many pictures of him just wearing like boxers, a robe, <laughs> and slippers and walking his dog while the dog is wearing a dress. I'm like, ah, oh, this is like, this is amazing. This should be a Tomoma. <laughs> so if we're talking mobster characters, that's one of the major facets, I think. Because mobsters are... I don't think we can make a case that like a corrupt cop like Arnold Flass or even like a Sal Maroney or Rupert Thorne or Carmine Falcone. I don't think we can say that they are specifically Mount Rushmore types, but the mob, if you grouped it together, that's kind of the reason Batman exists. And I, well, would, I was going to ask about Joe Chill. I was just going to say, I would make a case that it's hard to say that Joe Chill isn't on the list because he's the entire purpose of the series exists. I would make an argument for Joe Chill. He is not as wild of a character. He's not the type that people, a lot of people wouldn't be able to tell you Joe Chill's name because they would just be like, oh, Batman's uh, parents get killed by some guy. And the same as we don't really know the name of the burglar that killed Peter Parker's dad uh, dad uncle ben um dennis carradine is a character name that they've thrown out before but like not many people are gonna go oh dennis carradine that's the guy that killed uncle ben and if you said joe chill a lot of people wouldn't know what it is the same as if you said you know tell me about the joker but everybody knows batman's parents get shot in an alley and joe chill sometimes they make him wear He's been working for the mob. Sometimes he actually flat out kills the Waynes on purpose for like a mob hit. Sometimes he's just some dude with a gun. And every story ultimately in some fashion goes back to Joe Chill because Batman's always having these debates with people about like the, again in the, uh, the animated series, the Justice League uh, Unlimited. I think it was technically at that point. It might not have been. It might have been just regular Justice League where it's the counterpart Earth Justice Lord version of Batman, he wins the argument of whether or not you should be a horrible dictator with a militant kind of idea because he just says, well, you know, by doing that, we're not going to have a world where somebody loses their parents to some punk with a gun. And Batman's like, all right, yeah, you win. Like, you won the argument by reminding me that my parents got killed. Oh, poor Bruce. I mean, it's almost arguable that Bruce can be on this list because... He's his own worst enemy in a lot of ways, yeah. yeah. Like, he and his mental trauma really are the worst enemy of Batman. Yeah. But then again, you could be like, hey, Alfred, how about you send him to some help instead of being like, I'll teach you how to fight and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Joe Chill is one of those ones that I might make a, a fight for um, as like the representation of like the mob and the like you can never win ultimately Batman can fight crime for 10,000 years and there's still going to be some goodie with a gun and 
Yeah, that's that, a good argument. That is one of the main points of the Red Hood. That's a character that we could talk about for sure. And like, even that's the start of the Joker. Obviously, you know, Jason Todd later takes it over. There's definitely a lot of the internal struggles of Bruce Wayne in the Red Hood. And I think that makes him a great villain, even though he's ultimately an ally by the end of most stories. Like, I don't consider Jason Todd Red Hood as a villain. I consider him an antihero. Yeah. But so the Red Hood idea is, to, like, Batman's like, hey, fuck you, dude. <laughs> <You're kinda> like... <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> yeah. Not quite as much like the I'll fucking kill you from the end of the Justice League uh, show, uh, movie that we just watched recently, but... Which was amazing. That was, like, the, one of the best parts the... of that movie. <laughs> Kudos to the Snyder Cut for getting Batman to finally say, and make no mistake about it, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah. Um, character is not in the Mount Rushmore, but we're at, at my list at least at this point. We're down to like characters that I think actually are worth a little bit of a discussion. Uh, this one being the least of the bunch, Man Bat. I mean, it's I literally you know it, it, what. If you want to do like a mirror version of Batman, it's you know Batman, Man Bat. <laughs> so it's a gimmick. It's he fights a big bat. You know, <laughs> it's you should put him in every version of the story if you're like doing a series. He should always fight Man Bat at least once. But the, the bat that's follow the rat. <laughs> I wouldn't make a case for Hugo Strange or Achilles Milo or any of the like Arkham scientist types. Cause I think that they're better as just like, they'd be like D tier. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Not iconic enough. Hugo strange does learn Batman's identity and he does mess up a lot of stuff. But again, is anybody really going to say that they're going to pick Hugo strange over scarecrow? I don't think so. Hush is cool. Not in the top four. Now, when I think Hush, I think Riddler because of the animated movie. Hush couldn't even hold his own story. That's where I'd make the argument. Okay. Thomas Thomas Elliot mm -hmm. and that whole thing is very cool. He's got a cool look to him. He's kind of like dead, uh, Dark Man in a little bit with like the tattered rags on his face and everything uh, and the, the gauze. But you needed Joker and a hypnotized Superman and Poison Ivy and Catwoman and Batman getting together and the Riddler being in there. Hush couldn't hold his own. Somebody who can hold his own, though, is Two-Face. Yeah. I, Harvey Dent is fucking great. He, he represents a struggle that anybody can relate to. And... I think we've all had those moments where, you know, we're fighting two different philosophies, obviously not as extreme and we don't leave our <laughs> decisions up to a coin, but you know, it's, I like the concept of Two-Face. Yeah. He's a really like amazing metaphor for even like the whole Batman mythos he is the duality of men the duality of thought the duality of action 
And even the whole idea with the coin, it's like sometimes the battle between the two sides inside us are, is is so strong that like how do you settle that? You just leave it to luck. You just leave it to like you know outside forces to guide you. So that alone to me makes him worthy of a spot. I think he's just a really cool character that again can be sculpted in different ways. Um, you can be funnier with him, or you can be very, very, very dark and very. Um, you can push the viewer to kind of like think about how they feel about things. So that's really cool. Yeah, you can get a version of the character that's just flipping a coin a bunch of times, and he's just like, "Damn it, I keep getting tails." Or you could get a version of the character that, like, I really like the version that gets the um, plastic surgery to fix his face, but then it's like, oh, crap, all we did was fix his face, and now he doesn't have that duality anymore because the bad version is the only one that exists anymore. Two-Face is great. He's a great reflection on Batman because he's not only the whole there's two sides of your face kind of thing, but he's also Harvey used to be the white knight of Gotham. And he was the guy that represented like hope for the future in the dark Knight series. And some incarnations, he's one of Bruce's best friends. So it's kind of like, well, I always want to redeem Harvey because if he can be redeemed, anybody can be redeemed kind of a thing. I think ultimately I wouldn't pick him in the Mount Rushmore because I kind of view him as like a tragic anti-hero that hasn't been redeemed yet more so than four of the main villain villains, even though he's like, you know, he murders people and everything. Like he's clearly a villain and he can never be fully redeemed. But I think that that would like push him out of the list for me. Ultimately, we'll, we'll come back around to it. I think he's more of a personal favorite, but objectively, no. For that matter, I'm going to say right now, Catwoman is not in my Mount Rushmore. Hold on. Oh, she's not really a villain, though. She's too good as, like, Bruce's love interest for me to say that she's Mount Rushmore villains. I never look at her as as a full villain. I don't either. I I love her. She's one of my favorite characters, but I don't think she's a villain. Yeah, if this was Mount Rushmore of Batman characters, I'd make a case that she has to be on it. But not favorite characters, it's villains. And she... I never like it when Catwoman is a is only the villain. So when they do things like Anne Hathaway's version, where she's, she's kind of bad, but then she ends up with Bruce, that's my Catwoman. I ultimately think that those two need to be together at the end. I always want to pair them up. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> Screw you, Talia. <laughs> In the same vein, I'll say Poison Ivy is amazing and awesome and a great character, but not a Mount Rushmore villain. Yeah, she's kind of too justified. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I am 100% behind her. You know, turn everything to a forest, kill people. Yeah, we deserve it. (laughs) Yeah, 100% behind her. And they do a good job with her in a lot of stories where sometimes she's not really crazy. And sometimes she is just sort of like 
nah, man, plants are great and people suck. And if you're not messing with my plants, then I'm okay with that. And Hello. I like when they make her a resource that Batman can go to for like, uh, you know, kind of an antitoxin or something. And the one Batman game, I'm blanking on which one it was. The one where, um, that's Arkham Knight. That's what it is. Where, spoiler alert, where she ends up sacrificing herself to like do an Same antidote plans. sort of thing. Like that, that's kind of my poison ivy where she's bad and she'll probably kill a lot of people, but she'll probably kill a lot of people that are doing things like harming the ecosystem. Exactly. They deserve yeah. it. Yeah. And they do deserve it. Yeah. She's awesome. She's absolutely awesome. In that same regard, I, I'm you're going to hate me for this, Rob, but Mr. Freeze can't be on no, my Mount Rushmore. No, no we're going to fight. <laughs> no, this is a fight. Look, look, Victor Freeze is, if nothing else, he's a testament to how good the animated series is because mm-hmm. before the animated series, Mr. Freeze was a joke character. He was garbage. He was Mr. Zero. <laughs> And this show puts him in such a way that everything changes. They literally rewrite the character, and every Mr. Freeze we see from here on out is from the animated series. I think his story is great. I think he is justified in his rampage, but I think he's absolutely a Mount Rushmore villain just because of the stories that he tells. But he's so redeemable and he's so good in like that supportive poison ivy ally kind of role that that's where i go like to me there's basically three mr freeze stories there's freeze turns into mr freeze and he's trying to you know save nora and he's spitting out a bunch of ice puns kick some ice and everything ice to meet you i mean if we're going mount rushmore of batman characters in the history of whatever then arnold schwarzenegger is mr freeze is up there because it's just you know take two of these and call me in the morning and whatever. but uh unless we start getting into can we compare catwoman doing the mirror and mr freeze going ah then we're not uh having that debate but uh you tell that story, you tell the story of like somebody blackmails him into doing some more evil stuff again because they've got like Nora hostage or something. And you tell the story of him like helping Batman out. And if those are the three basic stories, other than that, it's just Mr. Freeze stealing diamonds or stealing more money for his research. And he wouldn't do it. If Bruce just gave him a check. All right. Well, now that we have consecutively ruled out two major villains because they're justified. Yeah. Can we say that Batman himself is the villain (laughs) for just allowing this shit to go on? And for kind of uh, inviting a lot of people to be like, I'm going to put on a, I don't know, this kind of mask and I'm going to be the Mad Hatter. And I'm going to abduct people and, you know, try to play games with a fucking tea party and whatever. Because Batman's doing his Batman thing. I'm going to do this thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's your fault, Bruce. Yeah. God damn it. Everybody knows that Batman would have been able to save the day if he just gave everybody all his money. (laughs) Money makes the world go around. 
Mad Hatter's cool, by the way, but he's not going on the list. No. <laughs> but I'd, I'd make that argument that Mr. Freeze can't be the top four because of that. He's an amazing, amazing character. And if we're talking characters, of course, then that's a different story. But villain, I don't look at him as a villain as much. Ah, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, I still see him as a villain, but I agree with what Tony said. I feel like he he's not setting the world on fire just for the sake of it. He's no, not hurting he's people just for ice. the sake of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The Ice Age. <laughs> that was good. But you know what I mean? Like, he's not creating chaos just for the sake of it. He has a goal, and his goal at the end of the day is because of love. Like, you know, I, it, he's a very tragic character, and I feel like he's one of those, in a way, he's my favorite kind of villain because he has a really good motive to be doing what he does and he gets you to think like, oh, you know, like, okay, like, poor guy, like, I'm siding with him. But if we're talking about the really bad ones, and by saying bad, I mean, like, good, like, scary villains that are awful people or something like a person, if they're not fully human, I don't think that he should be... The last, the last four. Yeah, because I would be much happier if I was stuck in a room with Mr. Freeze than Black Mask. <laughs> I think Black Mask would just kind of... Well, I mean, he's more of a mobster type. He wouldn't just flat out kill me, but like... Yeah, he's, because you're Italian. Yeah, just be like, hey, Roman, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> but like, he's just a bad guy. He just kills people. He's just a murderer. He is only interested in profit and death and I'm not going to make the case for Black Mask. I don't think he's as interesting. Um, great, great character in a lot of different ways, but he's he's C-tier in some ways. Um, Killer Croc for that matter too. I can't put him in the top four. He's great, but he's a giant crocodile. I'm not <laughs> as impressed by Killer Croc and I'm okay with him not being in the top four. <laughs> Yeah, I like the version of him best when he's not even a, a giant crocodile, when he's a guy with a skin condition. That's my favorite version, because then that's even better. And for that matter, I'm not going to make the argument that uh, Baby Doll. <laughs> Baby Doll's a fun character, though. A fun character. Yeah, she's great in the show like that. But, you know, she's not a Mount Rushmore. All right, so let's have some fun with this. If we're just going Injustice and... Dark Knight Returns alone, Superman. Superman's a fucking villain. It's worth a discussion. <laughs> it's kind of... Yeah, sometimes yeah. they make Superman definitely the villain, and sometimes they make him where it's like, well, Batman's just being a dick, you know? And I can't say Superman needs to be on the Mount Rushmore, but he is an adversary all the time, because even when they're best buds... They're arguing constantly. <laughs> it's just like... Batman always has to say, you know, I, I'm prepared for you to go insane to the point where, again, it was featured in the Snyder Cut. Like, I'm prepared for you to just fucking lose it. So, I, I think it's worth the discussion, but 
obviously Superman being on the Mount Rushmore of villains <laughs> villain just, just seems wrong. One of my favorite little interactions that I've ever seen from the Batman and Superman kind of dynamic is, uh, I think it's Infinity Crisis, or maybe it's Identity Crisis or something, but one of those crises. At this point, they did one crisis and everybody knew what it was, and now they've done 50 of them, and who knows which one's which. But the one where Bruce says to Clark, uh, let's face it, the last time that you were actually motivating anybody was when you were dead. It's like, Ugh. god damn it, man. You're, you're an asshole. <laughs> he, an asshole. he is an asshole, but, that, but that's why we're talking about him, because that's why Tony likes him. He's so good. <laughs> like, he, he says that line, and you're like, ah, oh, what a dick, but he's right. You know? Kind of <laughs> um, I don't know how much of a case I'd make for this, but I really, really like the Court of Owls. Yeah, they're good, and they have ties to Bruce's parents and the backstory of Gotham, and I think there's something to be said there. But man, I don't know. I can't fully get on board. I can't Mount Rushmore them. No. Although that'd be a cool image to see the Court of Owls face in the Mount Rushmore. But they're cool. They're like the Illuminati. Kind of. And we need to see them in a movie. That needs to be something. They're the star of the next game. I know whatever comes next from the the Arkham crew is going to be starring the Court of Owls. They're going to run out of like... I know when it was like Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and people were like, is it going to be like Arkham State or Arkham World or whatever? Eventually, they're going to get to like Arkham Playground and like Arkham Beach, <laughs> you know, because kind of Arkham waiting in the line at the DMV. <laughs> I mean, Those are the real villains. Make you go mad. Yeah, that'll be the uh, inspiration for a new villain. It'll just be like, damn it, I'm waiting in line so long. I'm just going to start killing people. <laughs> like, yeah, that'll probably be like my worst villain. <laughs> The DM villain. <laughs> That's what call <laughs> so we have four on my list right now that we haven't talked about that are big guns. And I will plant my foot down that one of them absolutely 100% cannot be on this list. Oh, God. There's yeah. no way Harley Quinn gets on the Mount Rushmore. No. She is a phenomenal character. And one of the absolute best characters that they've ever created for the series, but she is not above the other ones as far as being a villain, because she's ultimately the sidekick who they're trying to turn into a hero. You know what? Another character that illustrates the strength and importance of Batman the Animated Series. Yep, created for the show. Kills, she almost kills Bruce. She has him all tied up and Bruce only saves himself because he knows the Joker is such an egomaniac that he won't allow it to happen. And there's something to be said there for me about how smart Harley actually is, but yeah, no, she's the Joker's sidekick. And even nowadays, she's not even that. Like... Mm -hmm. She's definitely smart. I mean, didn't she 
was it she, was she studying to get a PhD when she became Harley Quinn or she already had one? Like she's smart, but even like the fact that she's not anymore constantly trying to go after Batman. Like seriously, unless like, you know, with the with the animated series, like, yeah, it's kinda like a joke that she wants to like be one of the top villains, but not really. So one of my favorite characters, but nope, not happening. She's on that list to me that's like if we made a Mount Rushmore of villains that aren't really a hundred percent villains, it'd be Catwoman, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, and Mr. Freeze, basically. <laughs> Cause it's like Harley's with a, a tragic character. She's yeah. she started off as a good person that just fell in love with the most evil psychopath in the entire universe, basically, and that just fucked her up. And she got to a point where she just became, you know, she's. You can't argue that she's not a great character because she's an amazing character and she's such a good way to start talking about things like, because I mean the series. It's one of the reasons why the Batman character is so much better than, say, I don't know. You can't get that deep with even, like, the Flash. I love the Flash, but Captain Cold versus the Flash doesn't get people talking about abusive relationships. Right. <laughs> you know? like Every aspect of the Batman series, for the most part, when it's as good as it can be, is like, this is a dark reflection of yourself, and this is what happens if you can take obsession into this way, or this is what happens if whatever, and this this is a, a story about this type of a uh, psychological trauma or whatever, and if anybody's interested in that aspect of that, check out the Arkham Sessions podcast with Andrea Letamenti. So good. They're doing she, Steven Universe now, but... The Arkham sessions and the Batman the Animated Series episodes are so good. She's like a trained psychologist or something, and she just breaks down like, well, you know, in this episode, this one's showing, exhibiting signs of a borderline personality disorder, and this is like that kind of thing, whatever. It's really good. But Harley is one of those characters that I think is misinterpreted a lot by a lot of people, because God knows how many people you see that are like, Oh, me and my boyfriend, like, we're just like Harley Quinn and Joker. And it's like, yeah. girl, you don't want that to be the case because Joker is fucking terrible to her. <laughs> You're not Absolutely. just like the two people hanging out in Hot Topic. He is a monster. <laughs> Absolutely. Like he and even the fact that, you know, I don't even one could argue that she didn't really fell in love with him. Like he manipulated her to fell into obsession with him. And I feel like that's like a big difference because once she got caught into that, like her whole life changed and it didn't change for the better. <laughs> like she, you know, in, in, in many ways, like you could even say that she is almost like a mirror reflection of Bruce because they both had a psychopath destroy their normalcy. And their life just derailed from them and they both kind of like got dragged into darkness. Yeah, so she's not going to be at Mount Rushmore for me. But the two that I have left, outside of the one that we know we're putting in there, mm -hmm. I think that there's there's an argument for these two and I'll just spit them out because, you know, why not? I can see a case being made for Bane 
And I can see a case being made for Ra's al Ghul or Ra's al Ghul, depending on how you pronounce it. I hate Ra's al Ghul. I will fight him. <laughs> what? How can you hate Ra's al Ghul? I, okay, I like the Lazarus Pit idea. I think Ra's, he's only featured in like a limited number of stories and they're all the same kind of thing. I think what he does is great. I think the way he's used more often than not is shit. Fair enough. So you don't really hate the character. You just kind of hate how like he's been utilized. Well, I, I mean, if we're talking about Rushmore and it's not going to be Freeze, I'll fight for Freeze <laughs> over Raish. He's so salty. I, I have to say, I absolutely love when Rob gets salty. <laughs> to me, that's like my favorite Rob because he just gets like so passionate about something that I can see how annoyed he is. It's great. I love it. Continue. But uh, so Raish will put a pin in, but I'm not sold. Bane is a different story because Bane has fucked Batman up. And for that matter, I mean, Batman. we're not talking Bane that's like, Gotham is yours! That's not Bane in his most effective way. Bane is the guy that sets Batman up for a gauntlet just so that he's weak enough and tired enough that Bane can pop up and break his back. Like Bane is smart. He's one of the most physical threats that they have in the entire series, arguably even stronger than Killer Croc. But he's sometimes kind of a reflection of uh, Batman because they've even had stories where Bane's been an ally. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, if Bane decided to be, he could be a damn good hero, but he's a jacked up steroid uh villain instead and he's kind of like what would happen if bruce decided to go in the more vigilante side of things like i guess he's like you know you combine batman with lockup and you end up getting bane lockup's yeah. cool by the way bane is yeah. bane's up there for me and more and more as years go on I, the more i'm like i really like bane is it nightfall yeah. Where he breaks his back? Oh my god, it's an iconic great name cover. too. It is, it really is, and he has a great like backstory to him. Like he's not just a muscle dude. Like he he's a true villain, and yeah, I think to me he's a a shoe in actually. I think he might be the first one where it's unanimous. I will put up a little bit of a pen in him for when we were actually looking at our full on list, but uh, you, you get a character like Bane where he's got a tragic backstory. So that's already something that's like, it's interesting. And for anybody who doesn't know like too much about Bane, he's not the character from Batman and Robin where he's just some dude that falls into a vat and then he's like, I'm Bane. Burr. No, he is a guy who is born in prison and he's sentenced to live out a, print, a prison sentence that doesn't apply to him. And he, you know, he uh, gets attached to a teddy bear because it's like the only thing he has in prison. 
to the point where there's stories where it's like let's calm bane down and show him the teddy bear and be like you know that kind of thing and it's like it's like oh it's the only thing that will like hug him back as a kid like right how upsetting and traumatic is that to be like heartbreaking your formative years are in prison with terrible killers and and all that where you have to fight to survive and you have to hide a knife inside your teddy bear you know like and for him to just be like i'm gonna be a warlord then and he he pulls it off more often than not he's usually destroying gotham in a lot of ways so he gets the job done too which a lot of other people don't and uh i'd like i'd ultimately go bane over rush ghoul but I would I would agree with that, and he's got luchador vibes, you know, <laughs> and like that's that's plus. And he's also a character that they can do in a lot of stories where it's if they want to boil him down to something that's simpler, he could just be the big brute that Batman cuts the cable for, and then he's not using the venom anymore. And I'm pretty sure Joker is the only one that gets boiled down. <laughs> Depends on uh, different versions. Sometimes Mister Freeze boils and stuff. So. Uh, <laughs> But even like the uh, funny versions of Bane, like it's not intended to be funny, but that voice that Tom Hardy does is hilarious because he just sounds like some doting old grandfather or something. And the version from the Harley Quinn show of him just yeah. being, you know, like the big guy that can't sit in the the, the good seat and stuff, <laughs> you know. He has like a like a rehab hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Bane. Bane's great. I love Bane. that you don't even know his full name, too. Sometimes they make him, like, Durante and whatever, but... Um, he's a Bane. Really cool, interesting uh, version of the character is Max Landis's. He's been doing this thing called the Kryptonian Epic, and I would never want this to be, like, the version of it that they would ever go with in a real story, but for his one-shot, like, I'm just doing some interesting stuff here. He makes Bane not a real character that that's uh like a schizophrenic multiple personality disorder version of batman where he just decides to be uh i'm gonna make a villain that people can go to and they're actually going to me and it uh bane the name comes from b uh for bruce and the ain for the last part of bruce wayne so it's like Bane, Bruce Wayne kind of thing like that. And I was like, that's pretty cool. But obviously the one that's guaranteed to go on this list is the Joker because the Joker is the best villain that's ever existed in anything. Not even just Batman. I think it's the best villain in the history of uh, media. Even when he's bad, he's good. Even the Cesar Romero Joker is great. Um, the different takes and the characters through the years is so iconic in their own way. I think even more than Batman, people have definitive jokers. Like, there are people who don't even talk to me. It's Jack Nicholson or nothing. There are people, like I said, who grew up with the Why So Serious Heath Ledger Joker. I cannot look at the Joker without hearing Mark Hamill's voice, yeah. even when it's somebody else playing the role. I, The Joker is... The blueprint for villains. He is the the blueprint for psychosis. He's the he's the blueprint for a lot of things that are right and wrong with this world. And he's absolutely 
just cemented into this monument before it's even thought of. It's okay, Joker and the other three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He is a character that for every aspect of what the villains can be, the only one he's not at the tippy top for in some ways is the physicality because he's never like a physical challenge for Batman. But in some incarnations, he's a former mobster. And even if he's not a former mobster, he at least is creating his own gang and he's taking down the mob and he's replacing the mob. And so he's involved in the mob side of things. He is on the fear side of things because I forget what comic it is, but there's like a story where somebody says when the other villains get together and they want to scare each other, they tell Joker stories, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Cause it's just like, you imagine like, I don't know, like uh, some characters that are on like the, the flash and the, you know, Superman side of things and whatever. And they're all just sort of like, do you hear what the Joker did? Like that guy's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And He's the ethical side of things because people always make the argument, should Batman just kill Joker? Because every time that he breaks out, more and more people die. Batman should just break his rule and kill him. But then if he breaks his rule, then the Joker wins. And then it becomes, well, goddamn, like, you can't win with the Joker. You know, that's bullshit. I've always heard the whole, well, I can't break my one rule. Bullshit. I've seen Bruce break plenty of rules and just... You know, maintain full control over himself. He doesn't want to kill the Joker because they are in love. If any, if any Batman creation displayed this relationship the best, it was unironically the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> where the and you still thing- haven't seen that, right, sweetie? I have not. No. Oh I can't God. wait to watch that with you because it's so good. You would love that film it's adorable and it just centers around this idea that no they actually need each other because they just complete each other in every way and that's the only reason joker's not dead on site because really why would you let a psychopath like that roam free yeah you could do the whole do it by the book do it our way bullshit kill him Somebody should kill him at some point. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of well, like you got to kill that guy. Really though, because what he so the Joker, I think he's a representation of not only just like the ultimate darkness, but also chaos. And you can't have order without chaos. Yeah. So like, yeah, like he completes Batman. Like Batman won't be Batman if there is no Joker because Batman is somebody who's trying to create some sort of order, not only his own head, but in Gotham. And he can't do that unless there is chaos. And if that force of chaos, because, you know, all the other villains, yeah, they can create chaos, but, you know, we know their backstories for sure. And like, they're normally like reasons or we can kind of like, you know, try to, justify some of their actions it's just like we were talking about bane like oh he has such a traumatic childhood like no wonder why he like became this monster but like with the joker a lot of the times he's just this image of like i just want to make everything chaotic just because and 
you know, if you take a Joker from, you know, like how like he Ledger played him, like he did not care about his own well-being because he was just like whatever. And that alone is always scary because we are as humans, we no matter what, even when we're suicidal, we're still trying to survive. Even if we, you know that's why you can't like drown yourself to death just by throwing yourself in the river. Um, your body will try to survive. And the Joker, it's almost like he doesn't have that. And that is, like, very unhuman of him. And that's just chaos. So you can't really get rid of the Joker. He's always going to be there. And if for some reason he gets killed, somehow another Joker just like him is going to sprout from the ground and keep doing what he's doing. Yeah, they make it a lot of times where even in his death, he becomes a martyr. And then there's like a gang of jokers that are like, yeah, I worship the Joker because he was he had a great point or like he inspires other characters or that's the whole bit of punchline. Yeah, punchline yeah. character that just exists because it's like it's a fangirl for the Joker. And he's also great in the way that like if everybody's doing a reflection of Batman sort of thing, he Batman's about order. He's about chaos. Batman's the dark, brooding. If you would come across these two without knowing anything about them, you would assume that the clown was the good guy because the clown is this bright, fun, energetic, welcoming kind of character. I mean, clowns are creepy as shit, but like <laughs> they're supposed to be something that like a kid can go and be like, oh, look at the funny clown. Children, We're, please stay away from clowns. Yes, please. Stay away from all <laughs> clowns because there's never been a good clown, it seems. Just and, stay away from any, like, unknown adult. <laughs> yeah. That tries to get to you. <laughs> but, like, if you're going to see a dude dressed up as a clown, you're going to go, oh, he's an entertainer and he's there to make me laugh. And you're going to see a guy dressed up as a bat who's hanging out on a gargoyle and punching people. And you're going to go, that guy's fucking crazy. He's the bad guy. But the fun and bright and colorful and laughing guy is the bad guy. And he's the one that's murdering people left and right. And that's infinitely interesting. Uh, Cause you can always get these stories about even just the way that he kills people is some of the best stuff to die laughing uncontrollably when you're paralyzed is that's awful. And when you see characters in some of the stories and they do things like they just start laughing and you go, oh, fuck, Joker got him. Uh, Version of that that's really good is the um, Return of the Joker from Batman Beyond where you got uh, Tim Drake laughing and whatever. It's just kind of like there's worse ways to die, I'm sure, but that's got to be on the list, you know, and whether it's a funnier version of the character that's just pulling out some goofy, you know, I got the, um, God, what are they called? The teeth, the chattering teeth kind of thing. Yeah. Like you got that character version that's doing that and pulling out a, a giant comical gun or the one that's just stealing jewels because what the hell, why not? Or the one that's like, I've mentioned earlier, which is, you know, I got a boner for you kind of thing. Like, or you got the character that cuts people's faces off. And serves it to them on a platter. And it's like, you want to eat your face? And it's like, Jesus, God. Like, 
the dude skins somebody alive in one of the comics just because it's like, oh, that'll be fun, kind of. And he just skins them. And so, no matter They're what, fun. yeah, fun for him. Uh, no matter what version of this, like if you're going for the Batman, that's more on the goofier side of things. Joker's on the Mount Rushmore. If you're going for the version that's dark and everybody's disgusting human being and it's terrible and there's psychos all over the place and whatever, Joker's on the list. If you're going for the Batman that's like Bat God, like the Batman who laughs and the Justice League and whatever, Joker's on the list because he becomes Emperor Joker and like it always comes down to Joker. So 100% locked in. Joker is the, if there, if we could only pick one on the list, it's Joker. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. he's got a Lincoln monument. Yeah. On top of being on a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yes. He could be the statue of Liberty as well, too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he really could. <laughs> so the other three though, that kind of comes down to based off of our list. We could only pick three out of, Scarecrow, Riddler, Penguin, Joe Chill, Bane, Ra's al Ghul, and Two-Face. I'm going to go ahead and say you got to lock in Riddler. I will send you guys this list on uh, our Skype chat so that way it's easier to reference instead of me being the only one that has an actual list up. I think you have to lock in Riddler. He is so... He's so good at making you think he's like the like you said he's the anti greatest detective and when you want to tell that story with Batman he does it so flawlessly and I really want to see the story you're talking about where he just turns himself in because he's like I, I, I tried not to give a clue and I just can't I can't help myself Riddler is I think when it comes to the, the 66 Batman I think he's better than the Joker in that series, quite frankly, because they play him too close to the Joker. But Riddler is that good. And I think he should absolutely be locked in. I disagree with that. <laughs> Looking at the list now, I would say that just for the fact that he tries to turn himself in at one point, and that he becomes an ally, I think that he's the easiest one to, like, cross out. Well, I Tony, would, you're breaking the tie. I'll, I'll put a pin in him. <laughs> 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 I would cross off Two-Face for the reasons we talked about before, that ultimately I think that he's B-tier. And so, I, I would cross out Ray Ghoul because even though... Al Ghul is great for representation for like well if Batman decided to he's smart enough that he could just be like eh, let's take over the world and replace it and do this kind of stuff but he he's kind of an ally in some ways too he he respects Batman a lot he's always calling him detective I mean he's his father-in-law mm-hmm. <laughs> in some ways his, like he's the grandfather of his child yeah and he's usually trying to get Batman to re- replace him so even though they disagree, I don't think he would be a Mount Rushmore because he's like, I think in the right, if they sat down and they talked, Batman might be able to convince him to be a hero. You're adorable. Just sit down and talk. Sometimes that's all you need. Communication <laughs> oh. is key. <laughs> I mean, like, you know what? He's right. I mean, he's, he's got a point there. 
I think either way, depending on how either person wakes up that day or whatever mood Tali is in that day, they can <laughs> both sway one another. Yeah, Talia, someday she's just kind of like, I love you so much. Can we please have a kid? Another day she's like, take his fucking head off. You know? <laughs> yeah. See, that's why I she's like not as good as uh, <laughs> uh, to to be um, Bruce's forever love like uh, Selena, because Selena's better. <laughs> yes. All right. right. I agree with that, though. I, I agree with what you said. So I'm okay crossing those two out, too. So that leaves us with. Riddler, Joe, Chill, Penguin, Bane, and Scarecrow <laughs> for three spots. So we'd, we'd have to knock two of those out. All right. I, can I make a case for Bane? I yeah. think that we all agreed, right? I think that though he was... Yeah, we already kind him, of right? agreed that he was okay. going on the list. Right. Okay, so then we only have two spots. I I will say there's a chance I might take Bane out for somebody, depending on what it is. But my kind of... The way I'm thinking is, I think Joe Chill has to be on there. I think so, too. And it's so weird because yeah. the others are so, they have much grander legacies. Yeah. But in a weird way, Joe Chill's legacy is the fucking Batman. So it's like, you gotta go with Joe Chill. He represents that mobster era. They just brought him back for the three Jokers. Yeah, that was a really good story. He's also kind of just like he represents every generic bad guy. Because Batman's always just punching up some goon. And any one of those could be a Joe Chill and just kill somebody's parents. So I would say like Joker and Joe Chill for me. And then the other two. I think ultimately I would take Scarecrow out. And it would be between... Bane, Riddler, and Penguin for the two spots. So it would be like one of those two or whatever. Uh, one of those would have to be Penguin taken out. It's really iconic. I still think he needs to be in it. I feel like if it, we're not talking about the Joker, but he's a character that still feels fresh and he's exciting and you can do so much with him. And he's a, he's a good adversary. I think that he needs to be in it. Ah. Uh. He's in a lot of the uh, iterations of Batman. So I think there is something to be said there. That, I might have to lock in Penguin, but then it's... I don't know, because we, we still have to figure out Riddler. Uh, and, and a guarantee for being... I my mind. <laughs> well, so in Caroline's list, it would be Joker, Joe Chill, Penguin, and Bane. And that Rob's would be head. Joker, Joe Chill, Bane, and Riddler. Yeah. So you're. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I, come on, guys. Like, we're talking about like the villains. Like, we just talked about how the Riddler becomes an like. There are stories that becomes an alley. Like, you don't get that with Penguin. You don't get that. Like, you sometimes. I guess you can argue that Bane kind of becomes an ally at some point but doesn't he often just switches back into being evil i know that like is in an arkham city he asks for uh batman's help and then at the end he tries to like kill batman again or like break his back again or whatever like i think he's a much more like 
like just like more like he's evil like he's he's way more evil than the riddler i think that we kind of like especially when tony was saying that the riddler is cool as long as people are like okay you're smart <laughs> he just like <laughs> settles down but then again penguin sometimes is like bruce will let him be and he'll be like ah you know he's he's doing his thing i'm just gonna pop in the iceberg lounge and intimidate him and be like all right stop be in this uh, if not then i'll come back tomorrow kind of a thing too so but if, uh, i don't like making the if pick between this being the mob guy though he's still probably doing mob stuff he might not be like actively trying to destroy gotham completely but he's still doing mafia related stuff if the riddler is not doing his riddles and then he's just like chilling because people finally acknowledge that he's smart then you're just chilling hmm and so we I got mean, Joker, Joe Chill, and Bane. Those are locked. Yeah, because they're like definitively evil. You know? Because even like you said, there are moments where sometimes Penguin's just doing, you know, generic villain things, but Batman <laughs> leaves them alone. You know, Batman's like, nah, you're good. Run the Iceberg Lounge. Don't steal anything. And I won't have a problem with you. Yeah, then other times Riddler is like, Hey Eddie, can you help me out with this? <laughs> and it's like, oh man, that's I thought I'd be like the one that would be the one making the cases for things, and instead I'm like, I don't want to pick between Riddler and Penguin. <laughs> that's kind of the whole point. That's what makes it difficult, though. I knew that you're gonna be the one left trying. To you know what? This list you. is definitively missing, that Tony. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> woman. <laughs> That's like one of the main uh, takeaways from (laughs) this Bond uh, review to kill is that one line from Moonraker. Uh, It fits everywhere. Oh, a woman. A woman. Riddler or Penguin. This is where if we were doing this live and we had a group of people, we could be like, all right, give us your thoughts. Try to sway us one way or another. Not us. Yeah, um... No, just make a decision. Come on. So, here's where I'm thinking. Who wins in a fight? Neither of them. So they're on the same playing field. Both get their asses beat by Batman easy. Penguin's got some cool gadgets with the umbrellas. I would agree with that. That gives him an edge over Riddler with the the staff like that cane that he has because ultimately the cane's just a question mark cane and ma- yeah maybe he can smack in the face with it or whatever but that's about it and Danny DeVito played him but Jim Carrey played by Jim Carrey yeah. Yeah, and... over Jim Carrey he's no longer a crush <laughs> Danny DeVito so... as uh, Penguin will always be a crush and then you go with like well Penguin he's got no Sometimes, like, he really has no gimmick. He just happens to be a dude that people are like, hey, you look like a penguin, you ugly fat ass kind of thing. Like, <laughs> Whereas Riddler, you can always guarantee he's going to have some kind of a fun element to him because he's always going to have some kind of a trap or he's going to have something else. So that gives Riddler a boost to balance out the umbrella. Really? It's not It's not easy. This is it tough. Really, God. It is so easy. So here, so here is what I think I will ultimately land on. 
Penguin is featured more. And in more prominent spots. Or am I wrong? Are they featured in the same? Riddler's the main villain in one movie. Penguin's the main villain in one movie. Both of them have a secondary villain in that movie. And Penguin is of more of a gets... character in Gotham, but then he ends up being partnered up with Riddler, so then that's another well, thing. You can argue that Penguin in that movie has a way bigger role than the Riddler. Like, he's running for mayor at one point. Like, what a weird that's story. A big <laughs> villain move. Still, out of all the things to, if somebody's pitching, like, can you write a Batman movie? I don't think I ever would be like, yeah, it's going to be about running for mayor, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but that's, like, so fitting, though. Like, Har- Harvey like... could do it. That It's weird that they were just like, now we're going to put the penguin. He'll be a politician. He'll eat a fish. Oh, I <laughs> love them. I love it. I love his hands. I love, like, the makeup. I love the black stuff coming out of his mouth. Uh, great times. Love uh, ice water. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I have a gun to my head and it's not a bang flag gun from the Joker. Is it Gunbrella? I think I'm going Riddler. Oh my god, really? I'm so disappointed. (laughs) Don't break up uh, the wedding. (laughs) I could see Tony going Riddler because he's the thinking villain. And Tony likes to think. Because the thing that pushes me a little bit over the, just the, the slightest bit more on that with Riddler is I think Riddler could get the job done better and it always comes down to Batman has to beat the Riddler because he's the only one that's smart enough whereas with Penguin I mean I absolutely love Dick Grayson remember I said Grayson Uh, Robin is, and Nightwing and all that is the type of character that I think is in- incredibly underrated and I really want to see him get his just service in like some movies and some stuff but Dick's not the smartest and if you're going to get anybody on the Bat family to take on the Riddler it's Bruce and if you're going to get somebody else it's Tim and if it's somebody else it's Barbara but then at the same time like Dick's not going to have a good time with Riddler, but Dick could beat Penguin pretty easily because he's just a guy that needs to get a punch in the face. So, okay, here's what I'll offer in that way. If we didn't have Joe Chill to represent the mobster, uh, Penguin would be I that. I would say Penguin absolutely yeah. is on this list. So but, then uh, you could even kind of make the argument should Penguin overtake Joe Chill and have it be Joker, Penguin, Bane, and Riddler. But I do think that Joe Chill beats out Penguin. Joe Chill, and he really shouldn't because he's the most basic character and is just there for the start of it. But it's the start of all of it. And we don't have this conversation if there's not a Joe Chill that murders Martha and Thomas Wayne. If you're putting them on a poster, Joe Chill's not on the poster Penguin is. That's, That's fair. But then if you go into, well, you know, fundamental, like, history and everything, I'd put Joe Chill over Penguin. Thank God this isn't a greatest oh, movie yeah. poster. <laughs> oh, my God. But, like, I feel like 
every single argument you guys were making for Joe Chill over Penguin could be made for Penguin over Riddler. Like, every single argument. I think that, like, at the end of the day, Penguin's, like, way more iconic. He represents evil better. He's been coming back. What? He is more evil. He is more evil. Like, we, like, everybody has agreed, like, in the beginning of this chat, of this podcast, that the Riddler has helped Batman. Not once. But a few times. So, like, I don't understand how, like, oh, you know, like, yeah, Joe Chill, like, totally, like, it's better than Penguin for this. But, you know, like, Riddler needs to be there. Like, no! That makes zero sense. Zero sense. I'm almost more comfortable bumping Chill for Penguin. Because then you just say, as a blanket statement, the Mount Rushmore is Joker, Bane, Penguin, Riddler. That stands out in the mind. If you say the Mount Rushmore is uh, Joe Chill, Joker, Riddler, Bane, what kind of face do you give Joe Chill? Because it changes up. With Penguin, there is an iconic. Oh, yeah. I'm almost more comfortable saying Penguin has to go on and Joe Chill, for all the legacy, can get bumped because at the end of the day, he's not a standout villain. And also, I guess, building up on that, you know, like, Joe Chill was the beginning of the story, but I think Batman really just becomes Batman every time he beats a new villain. So it's like all of them contribute to building Batman in a way. So, yeah, you know, like, I I, I say, you know, since you don't want to get rid of the Riddler... I'll get rid of Joel Hill. Uh, Joel, Joel, Joel Hill. <laughs> the writer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I, I love him, but <laughs> I'll get rid of uh, Joe Chill and then have Riddler join uh, <laughs> my my select group of four. I, I think I'm very comfortable saying Penguin over Chill, and the final four is Joker, Bane, Riddler, and Penguin. I think that not only is that a even if I disagreed, that would be a two-to-one vote, and I would be outvoted. Um, I could also justify that in a way by saying not only would that make the most sense as far as uh, the poster and, like, the, you know, you could put the face on there and everybody would recognize it type of thing, but also, if you want to be on a technicality, Joe Chill is more of a Bruce Wayne villain than a Batman villain. And I would even say, if you... If you think about the poster, are they going to show Joe Chill or are they going to show a gun and Thomas and Martha? Joe Chill is almost an idea yeah. of a mobster. Because, I mean, they do have incarnations where Joker killed his parents or, you know, it's a different person and Joe Chill's not even the guy responsible or whatever. It's very rare that it's not just Joe Chill, but... Sometimes they don't even say his name. He's just a guy. And yeah. So you can't really put on the Mount Rushmore of Batman villains the idea of crime. (laughs) Like, because then it's just like sadness and the idea of crime. And I miss my parents and somebody hugged me. (laughs) That that opens the uh, door to saying, yeah, it is Bruce's psychology. That's the main villain. It's just all of Bruce's mind. Yeah. 
So I think that that locks it in. Then the the Mount Rushmore of Batman's Rogues Gallery, and that too, Rogues Gallery. If yeah. they're rogues, it's it's Joker, Bane, Penguin, and Riddler, with the asterisk of like you can't quite get into the psychological trauma as much and that kind of thing. And if anybody wants to nitpick and moan and groan about somebody like a Harley, Harley's like the asterisk next to the Joker because she makes that character better, but she's not a standalone villain. And Selina, as good as she is, better as a love interest. Yeah, Catwoman, Poison Ivy, Mr. Freeze, and Harley Quinn would be like a Mount Rushmore of like the... Ah oh, man, just uh, tweak a little bit and they're a hero kind of thing. And then kind of our B tier, I guess, would be Scarecrow, Rachel Ghoul, Two Face, and Joe Chill. I like it. Um, I'm I'm comfortable with this. <laughs> Stamp of approval. That makes three. So no. we gotta do this again. It's like these are fun. It'd be yeah. curious to see like what kind of discussion would come out of like a because it's drastically different if you start talking about the rogues gallery for like Superman because then you're like all right well you lock in Lex Luthor because of Joker and then and then you whatever and then you start getting into like oh I'm gonna argue Metallo over Parasite and whatever <laughs> it's kind of whole totally different discussion because you can't get super deep it's just sort of like that dude punches hard <laughs> you know kind of thing that's by the way Doomsday is one of them so yeah um I'd, I'd consider putting Grundy on that one that's for another podcast. That is for another podcast. And if you want to make sure that we do that podcast in the future, then take advantage of the Pick Your Poison tier, just the same that uh, Guest 5 had done for this one, because this could have realistically gone on for an extra four hours. <laughs> we were trying not to make it be the case, but um, I could talk all day about Batman. And if you want to hear more of that, then keep showing your support, and you'll hear more Batman stuff and more everything stuff. Um Really quickly to round out a couple other plugs that we got going on here. A Review to a Kill, I mentioned before, is our James Bond series. Go and check out those episodes that we've been doing for that. Uh, when you're hearing this, most likely it's going to be at least a little bit after Easter. So we, um, well, you know, it might even be on Easter. I don't know when you're listening to this. But the most recent episode that's been uploaded is The Spy Who Loved Me. And we're just continuing on with that. So check that out if you are interested in uh, the 007 series. And then we've got some movie reviews we got coming up soon. We're going to do, I think it's like April 16th or something after that. It might be the 23rd. We're going to eventually do the fan tracks for Mortal Kombat, which should be a lot of fun. We did one for Godzilla vs. Kong, so check that out too. Um, mostly just click on everything on Fanboys and do the same thing for a smart out moment. Hit up the merchandise shops on Public and Redbubble. Subscribe, follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts. Check out what I'm doing over you know, the other kind of things on Tony Mango. And I'll give um, the plugs over to who, who wants to take the baton. Uh, I'll take the baton. Yeah, if you like the pro wrestling side of things, don't just check out Smart Out Moment. Check out Fightful.com, Fightful Select. And WrestleZone.com, all great sites, all breaking news. I work for all of them. We're staying busy this week. It is WrestleMania week. This was a great mm -hmm. <laughs> little breather before we go and just dive headfirst into chaos. And, yeah, thank you for your support. Follow me on Twitter, at Felice. And 
we'll be talking to you, I assume, for the next Review to a Kill. And if you want to take a break from wrestling <laughs> and check out some art, uh, you can check out my website at as, as, uh, czo.com. Or just follow me on Instagram and you'll find like all the links for all that crap uh, at creepy underscore Caroline. Isn't it czoarts.com, sweetie? Yeah, it is because uh, nobody owns czo.com if you want to get on that. czoarts.com. I don't even know my own website. <laughs> That's how much I check on it. I mainly, I just like been posting stuff on Instagram and I'm too lazy to go change things on my <laughs> website. So yeah, just follow me on Instagram. Let's just be friends on Instagram. You can see pictures of my dog. I just uploaded a really cool slow-mo video of her humping her walrus. Um, <laughs> and I just like post my art there a lot. And every now and then I am trying to sneak in pictures of Tony, even though he never takes pictures of me. But yeah, that's it. We don't need pictures of somebody who looks like Penguin. <laughs> Stop. That will be maybe a selfie that I posted. No, nonsense. If you want to see a picture of uh, Caroline dressed up as Catwoman, though, she makes a great Catwoman. <laughs> so um, we're going to talk about that another day and we will see you guys when we see you. But thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for all your support. And we will see you next time. But for now, it's time for us to geek out. <laughs>